24-7 Sports Hub Radio. And now, with their always informative and often entertaining take on the sports news of the day, here are Jonathan Raggis and Jim Williams. Good afternoon, everyone, and welcome to another episode of 24-7 Sports Hub Radio. I'm your Jonathan Raggis. Alongside me, as always, Jim Williams. What's going on, Jim? My main man, John, how's it going? Happy home day! I hate that commercial. I mean, really? What I day is today? It's Wednesday, the 2nd of October, 20 and 13. Uh, see, that's all you had to say, the hump day thing. Eh, it doesn't do nothing for me. No. Unless there's a... Never mind, I'm not going to go there. Hey, hey, hey. Family-friendly show. It's a family show. I understand. I, I understand that. And it's a show that we we encourage and, and want you to participate in, ladies and gentlemen. So if you have a heart, if you feel so compelled as to contact us, you know, reach out and touch us. You can do it a couple of ways. We have a chat room open. If you have an account on Blog Talk Radio, simply chat with all the beautiful people in there. You can also click to Skype. Or you can give us a call on the landline. Uh, you have that number because I can't bring it up for some reason. It's 347-237-5373. I was about to say that, but I couldn't bring it up. So. Damn you. You ruined everything, Jim. I've been known to do that. Well, known to do that. we have a lot of games to talk about. Yes. A lot of games. Because last night, NHL season started. We have oh, to yeah. We had the two wild card games that just, uh, well, the wild card tiebreaker that was on Monday night, and then last night was uh, one of the, the NL wild card game, and then also, it's already week five in the NFL. It just goes by in the blink of one's eyes. It, really I, it, it, it honestly feels like we were just saying, oh man, base, you know, uh, football starting next week, can't wait, and we're already five weeks in. It's, it's insane. Uh yes, there there is no ceasing the imagination when it comes to such things. It really, there really is none. No. Crazy. But uh, I guess we're we going to jump right in. We're going to talk a little baseball to start, are we not? Yes, sir. And, uh, and you just went very quiet on me for some reason. Yes, sir. Uh, there we go. Oh, my volume went down. That's why. <clears throat> okay. Not playing with things. He said playing. <laughs> uh, <laughs> but I guess we got to talk about Monday's game first. Yes, it was game 163 between the Tampa Bay Rays and the Texas Rangers. And... Uh, well, the Rays took care of business. Evan Longoria was a triple away from the cycle as uh, Tampa Bay clinched the second wild card in the American League with a 5-2 to victory. A game that saw also a reminder why instant replay is coming next year. In the seventh inning, a fly ball was hit to the center fielder at Leonis Martin. And the ball was clearly trapped on a bounce, but the umpire said, nope, it's an out, it's an out, definitely an out. And, and unlike in regular season games, though technically this is a regular season game, they had six umpires, okay? Yeah. Twelve eyeballs on this play. <laughs> it didn't and help. not one of them, not one of them, could get the job done. No. It's, uh, it's pathetic. It, it really is. Another aspect of this game that's of, of note, Nelson Cruz, who had been serving a 50-game suspension for PED use, he came back, and what did he do? He went 0 for 4. Good. Shouldn't even have been playing. Cause, oh, I agree. Cause, Shouldn't have been playing. I mean, I agree for a couple of reasons. Now, let me ask you this, Jim. Yes. Nelson Cruz comes back. He has a monster game, propels the Rangers into uh, the playoffs. To me, that's a slap in the face to Tampa Bay. 
It's a slap in the face to Tampa Bay. It's a slap in the face to Major League Baseball as a whole, though, when you get right down to it. Um, I mean, it... it oh, yeah, the guy coming off of a 50-game vacation. It's a public relations disaster is what this is for baseball. So even though they re- you know, they kind of want Texas to win, and we'll tell you more about that in a moment, a story I didn't mention pre-show, but Bob Costas has opened his mouth about baseball again. Oh, that's nothing new. Oh, exactly. But, uh, you know, uh, baseball has to be happy. MLB has to be happy. Tampa won and that Nelson Cruz did jack and squat, simply yeah. put. Mm. So Tampa Bay goes on. They play tonight in Cleveland. The winner goes on and has the fortunate task of taking on the Boston Red Sox. It's going to be a hard one. Uh-huh. Boston's playing some damn good baseball. No doubt, though, the best team... Uh, Best team in baseball right now, if you ask me. Yeah. And wouldn't it be interesting? Wouldn't it be interesting if Cleveland goes forward? Terry Francona gets to go back up to Fedway and play some meaningful baseball for the first time in a few years. Hey, you know what? The stars are uh, looking alive there. So They certainly are. I, I, he's coached them up, and I'm going to tell you right now, we talk PED use and what have you. Yeah. The X factor in tonight's game, in my estimation, guy who formerly was using and has become a key part uh, off the bench for the Indians as of late. I think Jason Giambi plays a role in this game tonight. I really do. Uh. Maybe off the bench. I mean, you look at this Cleveland team, you've got hardly anybody with playoff experience. Giambi's been there. He's been to the top of the mountain, as it were. Giambi? Jason Giambi, yeah. He's been to the playoffs. He's battle-tested. He can help this team. Well, Nick Swisher, too, as John Leary mentions in the chat room, very wise, too. Yeah. Well, uh, they, well you know, they have a couple of, of decent players that could really help propel them. Right. I don't, you know, you know, leadership, I, I, I wouldn't really call Jason Giambi to be a leader. I don't know if his 183 during the season is really going to do anything statistical-wise for this team in the playoffs, but well, yeah, know, but... I guess you could say, hey, go out there and uh, just play the game. You know? Yeah, we'll see what happens. I'm trying to think who else is on this uh, this roster that's ever touched playoff glory. I don't think anybody. Well, Kelly Shopik was uh, with Boston in the playoffs, wasn't he? Or I want to say Oakland, but don't hold me to that. Hmm. Oakland or Mini, I don't remember, but yeah. Uh, Justin Masterson, another name. Yeah, they got some good players. Oh, they they have great players. Yeah. They they play they play team baseball. That's what it comes down to. You don't have any eyes on that team. You have. Wheeze on that team. That does not sound right, but you get what I'm saying. <laughs> Let's segue to the National League wild card uh, playoff game from last night. For the first time in 21 years, Pittsburgh hosted a playoff game, and Pittsburgh did not miss a beat, as it were, as they were victorious over the Cincinnati Reds in a game that was really no contest. Um, final score of the game, uh, the Pirates beating the uh the Cincinnati Reds. I'm just trying to bring everything up to date here on my uh, on my web page. Don't don't mind me, please. Um, big big outing, big big outing for uh, Marlon Bird. Uh, Pittsburgh winning six to two, I should say. Marlon Bird, the acquisition from the Mets, hitting a home run, and, and then a couple of home runs. First at bat uh, of the postseason for Russell Martin, and he goes deep, but he goes deep again in the seventh to pretty much seal and solidify this thing. Yeah. Liriano goes seven deep. And that's who you have to give a lot of credit to is Francisco Liriano. He's really turned his career around this year with the Pittsburgh Pirates. 
This was a, you know, and I talked about this on the Touch Em All Extra podcast, which you can hear on Stitcher Radio, Stitcher.com. When I took a look at the pitching matchup, yeah, and I saw Johnny Cueto going for Cincinnati, the very first thing that went to my mind is, what the hell are you thinking? Mm-hmm. This is a guy who is not that good a pitcher. He's battled injuries. He spent some time in the minors in the midseason trying to rehab. And what does he do? He craps the big one. He doesn't even go four full innings. He gives up three runs, seven hits, uh, a pair of home runs. He he was awful. And now your bullpen is depleted to try to save face. And the bullpen didn't do too, too badly, but it was a foregone conclusion at that point. Uh, the writing was on the wall, as it were. And sometimes you can't stop momentum, the big mo. And Pittsburgh coming off of sweeping Cincinnati to end the season. Just kept on keeping on. They have one of the best home records in baseball uh, in the regular season. And now they play St. Louis in what should be a fun five-game series. I think St. Louis might have just enough to beat Pittsburgh, but it's going to be interesting to see how that pans out. I don't know. Pittsburgh's playing some damn good baseball, man. They uh, are. You know, nope, playoffs, yeah. playoffs is a different atmosphere, man. I want to see how these guys can really jump in there right now. Because, you know, a lot of guys in St. Louis have been to the playoffs before. Yeah. Not a lot of guys in Pittsburgh have. So it's it's the concept of they're young enough to not get razzled. Yeah, you know that yeah. that comes. Plus, to- you know what? They have the vets there that if they do get rattled, try to take it out of them a little bit. You know, got guys like John Buck. You know, John Buck's going to be one of those guys that stand up, and Russell Martin as well. So and again, I, the Marlon Bird acquisition uh, from the Mets uh, end of the season was it was a key one, if you ask me. Oh, that was huge. That was yeah. huge between uh, Pittsburgh and, and the Mets. You and know. he's having a career year, a veteran bat off the, uh, you know, either off the bench or in the field, either or, you know, getting the job done. That's the thing. He's getting it done both ways. When he's starting, he's playing good. He's playing good defense. When he comes off the bench, he's hitting the ball real well. He was doing that for the Mets all year long, so. So, again, tonight, Tampa Bay and Cleveland play each other 8.07 on TBS. Very funny. Uh, by the way, TBS, screw you. Uh, pre-game coverage. A lot of people <clears throat> excuse me, are uh, railing against the way TBS handled the fact that they did not show anything pre-game from Pittsburgh. They were solely in studio. And the reason I bring that up was this is a city that has gone literally two generations without seeing playoff baseball. Mm-hmm. And the crowd was in rare form. Uh, there were people tweeting, uh, uh, the game hasn't started and we've already had the greatest 10 minutes in PNC Park history. And you've also got Andrew McCutcheon's mother who sang the national anthem to get everybody in an uproar. I mean, the, the crowd was in rare form, and you could just sense it when they did go out to PNC Park. Uh, Twitter just railed against them so much, and Keith Olbermann, who's TBS's host, actually had to... Uh, deflect some of the criticism saying, uh, you know, a host doesn't make those decisions. Well, obviously not, but throwing your director under the bus is never a good thing either. But this is all Minnoff said. Mm-hmm. So let's see more of Pedro Martinez. Yay. Who looks like he ate Don Zimmer. <laughs> oh, my gosh, Don Zimmer. Oh. <laughs> hate, to, hate to see that happen. Let me, let me see if I can bring up the thing about Costas. Because Bob Costas, since we're talking baseball, yeah, we'd like to hear what you got to say about that because I because I didn't hear what was uh, going on with that. He was he recently commented about what baseball would like to see, what MLB would like to see when it comes to an outcome for the World Series, mm. because 
you take a look at the landscape of who's in and who's not in right now. Yeah, and it's a lot of teams that you know the MLB is not too happy about. <laughs> yeah, there, there, there are certain teams, shall we say, yeah. that if they make it to the World Series, you know the ratings are going to be low as heck. Oh yeah. Here's the uh, the quote from uh, Bob Costas. We get this from AwfulAnnouncing.com, and they're always right. Uh, he actually told the New York Times in an opinion piece written by Jonathan Mahler, um, quote, if Tampa Bay plays Cincinnati in the World Series, I don't care if the series goes seven games and every game goes into extra innings, baseball is screwed. That's not fair to the Rays or the Reds, but it's true, end quote. Mm-hmm. Do you agree? You know, from a rating standpoint, I do. I don't think too many people would be tuning into Cincinnati versus Tampa Bay. But then again, even with Texas, I don't think there's going to be a lot of fans on the East and West Coast that are going to be tuning in just to see Texas. I think uh, the best bet for MLB would be if it's uh, Boston versus L.A. I think you would get a lot of people tuning in for that. Well, because you've got the number two market and you've got a top ten market in Boston. Yeah. That's what it comes down to. You're going to have butts in the seats. But don't get me wrong. Now, I'm not going to be tuning in too many times for the playoffs or the World Series. But if it somehow happens to be uh, Pittsburgh versus Oakland, I'm going to be tuning in for that World Series. Oh, absolutely. I would be, too. I'm going to try. I think real baseball fans would tune in for it. See, I'm going to tune in regardless because I'm just a baseball fan. Hey, I mean, I'll watch it, but I won't watch it as religiously if it was two teams that I would love to watch play. I mean, what Costas says isn't so much a falsehood. It's not false. It is true to a certain extent. But remember, this is Major League Baseball's grave that they made. Because you you see how they do the Game of the Week coverage, which is about to become non-existent next season, going down to like 13 weeks, I think, yeah. with games going to Fox Sports 1 in 2014. <clears throat> yeah. um, the way they handle it, they shill New York, New York, New York, Boston, 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 uh, Los Angeles. They don't want you to see Kansas City. They don't want you to see Pittsburgh. They don't want you to see Oakland. No, which is a shame. Which is a damn shame, because that's where some of the best baseball is being played. Well, this year especially. Exactly. They, you know, it it befuddles me. So, you know, they, you know, you you have, it's a directive. It's, in my mind, an absolute directive from on high. We need big market teams, because that means more millions of people watching and tuning in. The fact of the matter is, it's not just, you know, the, the teams that play. It's a thousand channel universe we live in now, so ratings are going to be down regardless. Yeah. So it. I, honestly, it's not the Super Bowl. It's not a one game event where you're going to pull in, you know, thirty, forty, fifty, up to upwards to a hundred million views in one and, night. You and know? the game is not, and the World Series is not nearly as well marketed as the Super Bowl. That reality. In fact, I'd say the finals are, are the NBA finals are better marketed than the. Uh, than the World Series in many respects. I believe so. I believe so. Plus, you know what? You got a lot of playoff coverage on uh, you know channels people could actually watch. So, yeah, it's kind of a key point too. Kind of a key point. So, which is why the NHL goes nowhere because nobody wants to see it on cable. But 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 you you make that segue and we'll we'll talk a little NHL in a moment because you and I are in the Metropolitan Division now. Unbelievable. I hate that name. Don't like it at all. Why don't they just name them after greats? I have a Gretzky division, a Lemieux division, you know. Gretzky, of course, will be the Pacific because, you know, Edmonton, Los Angeles, that kind of stuff. Yeah. I, I just go back uh, to the old divisions. The Campbell, the Whale Conference. Campbell and Wales, baby. That would be great. 
But now we got Atlantic, Metropolitan, Central, Pacific. That's it. Don't like it, but it is what it is. Let's see Better how long the it leaders and the legends, that's for sure. I, that's very true. Yes. Uh, let's keep up with baseball, though, real quick here for a second. Alex Rodriguez. Yes. <laughs> he is fighting his 211-game suspension by Major League Baseball, and he is claiming that he was tricked into taking illegal drugs. I call BS, Jim. Really? My BS detector hasn't gone off. Oh, wait, I don't have the batteries in. I'm sorry. I, I'm, I'm sorry, man. There's there's no way. I go to the doctor. The doctor gives me a prescription. I go. I ask my pharmacist. I even go on when I see what's in this prescription. I don't take it unless I know 100% sure that it's not something that's going to make me mutate. You know. But yet he's going to take all of these supplements and say, oh, these are legal because I'm getting it from this biogenesis clinic down in Florida that is in a hole in the wall. So let me pop them because they're legal. I, I just... I I'm know. with you. I'm with you completely. What a bunch of malarkey. Yeah. I mean, I, I get the feeling his defense attorneys must have watched, you know, Showtime or Cinemax last night or, or, or the last couple of days and saw the Leslie Nielsen wrongfully accused movie and figured... That's our defense. That's how we get in this. Yeah. I mean, because it sounds like a bad movie, a bad wrongfully accused rip-off movie. That's what this is. Well, you know what? Not even that. Let's go back to Balco. Let's go back to Barry Bonds, and let's go back to Barry Bonds' trainer, Greg Anderson. Mm-hmm. Barry Bonds told the grand jury back in 2003 that he thought the cream he got from Balco and Greg Anderson was flaxseed oil. Now, why would Greg Anderson give something to Barry Bonds that he didn't know what it was, meaning steroids, to enhance him, is the same reason. Now, why would Biogenesis do this to Alex What are they getting out of it? They're getting absolutely nothing out of it by doing that. You're exactly right. Nothing. So, Jen, if I were to give you something, i say, hey, here, drink this, here's a bottle of water. But I injected that in water with uh, something that's going to make you freak out, mutate, and enhance. What do I get from doing that? I get absolutely nothing. So Exactly. When it comes to these guys saying that, you know, oh, yeah, they told me it was one thing. I just don't agree with it. I think it's BS. I think it's just a bunch of lies. A-Rod is a cheating SOB, and that's the way it's going to stay. I don't you care know, what you You say. really need to, you know, make your opinions known a little bit better. I think you're holding something in. Nah. Listen, man, I've been covering the, the whole steroids era from from day one. I've read all the books. I've read all the papers, and it, it just... It baffles me that 10-plus years later, we're still here doing the same crap. Mm. Same thing. Unbelievable. And here we go again with, you know, A-Rod pulling the Barry Bonds now. Oh, I thought what he gave me was this. That's that's BS. Mm-hmm. So, that's all I got to say about it. You get no argument from me? You have you, no... Alex Rodriguez, for pissing me off today. Horrible display. All right, Jim. It's week five, NFL. I think it's well, we got to go back to week four, the last game of week four. Yeah, we can. But to me, it was a no-brainer. Well, I mean, Drew Brees. I talked with my friend Carl down in, in Louisiana yeah. last night, and I asked him straight up, what is the bigger factor right now to the success of the New Orleans Saints? Coaching. Sean, well, more specifically, is it Sean Payton coming back mm-hmm. or Rob Ryan being in place? And he he said it's both. Yeah. 
Coach. And, I, you know, I'm inclined to believe it or not, say, Rob Ryan being in place is the bigger factor because you take a look at this New Orleans Saints offense, they're Jimmy Graham, Drew Brees, and everybody else. Yeah. They have no running game. They've used more running backs than uh, Maury has used people for paternity tests. Honest <laughs> to goodness. You know, baby daddy. But if they had a running game, they would be – not quite on par, but they would be in the discussion with Denver as being best team in the NFL. They yeah. really would be. Their defense is stout. I think they have the best defense in the conference. Do the Saints again if they can get some running running uh, out of Pierre Thomas or or Darren Sproles or what have you. Pierre to, Thomas, uh, yeah. four carries so, one yard. Jesus. Yeah, anemic. I mean, if they can, because ultimately the problem is Drew Brees is throwing 40, 45, almost 50 times a game. That'll work against some teams, but over the course of a season, that's not going to, he's going to bog down. He's going to throw picks. And there are defenses out there that will capitalize on that. So that's all I'm saying. The Dolphins were brought down to earth on Monday night, and uh, the Saints keep on trucking 4 0 after going, I believe, 0 4 last uh, season to start. Yeah, but they were. a little screwed last year, so. Well, yeah. <laughs> uh, you think? Yeah, I think. But it was it, it was a good game at the beginning. It started off kind of close, but the Saints uh, just took it over and uh, defeated the Dolphins 38-217. Saints now 4-0, and Dolphins now 3-1, and which is still a very respectful record for the uh, Miami Dolphins. Mm-hmm. Honestly, who would have thought Miami would have been 3-1 and right now going into week five? Mm-hmm. Uh, but like you said, the running game, it, it, it's, it's real sporadic for... New Orleans, Darren Sproles has turned into a hybrid. Seven receptions, 114 yards, one touchdown. That little dude is running amok all over the field. Super teeny weenie guy or whatever you call him. There you go, man. Uh, it's, it, it, was, it was a good game in the beginning. It was real close. And then, like I said, New Orleans just took it over. They ran away with it. The coaching has been a big, big, big difference for this New Orleans Saints team. Because, honestly, other than the coaching, there's really nothing different from this roster than last year. So. <laughs> Good game. New Orleans, 4-0. A lot of 4-0 teams already. So. Yeah, and all of them are on the road this coming week, as we'll dissect on Friday. Very, very true. So let's get into the Week 5 games. And we do have a matchup Thursday night. The two oh, before, and two. before you even said that, uh, would you like to update everybody on how our head-to-head pickums are doing? We can do that. We can do Please it. do, gonna because get, it's a gonna get to it. I was going to get to it at the end. But guess what? Jim went 10-5 and five in Week 4. Thank you. To catch up and tie me, our overall records right now are both 36-27. That's right. Don't you forget it. Don't you forget about Jim. All right. <laughs> Thursday night's game, 2-2 two and two Buffalo Bills taking under 2-2 two and two now. Cleveland Browns and Brad Hoyer. Where are you going with this game, Jim? <sighs> this is going to be a tough one to call, but since it's in the dog pound, <laughs> I got to go with... That's my main man who helped me win a fantasy game this past week. Seriously, I think Cleveland can win this game and improve to 3-2, and two, and the way things may pan out of the division this week, mm. Cleveland may be all alone in first place, which is a scary, scary thought. Amazing. Uh, what it comes down to with Cleveland more than anything with Brian Hoyer, their defense has been in beast mode the last few weeks. Their defense is under the radar. They're very impressive. Uh, I'm going with Cleveland to win this one, and I don't even think it's going to be too close. No, plus it helps that they're playing a mediocre team in Buffalo. Still not sold on Buffalo, still not sold on E.J. Manuel. 
really the only thing that Bo- that Cleveland needs to do defensively is just keep tabs on Fred Jackson and C.J. Spiller. Other than that, I don't see E.J. Manuel com- com- you know, completing many passes in this game. I'm going with Cleveland. Cleveland does have the line by four. Cleveland rocks. Cleveland rocks. Cleveland rocks. Cleveland rocks. All right. The New Orleans Saints, 4-0, heading into Chicago to take on the Bears, 3-1. Where are you going with this? Wait a minute. Whoa, whoa. Back, back, back up. Back. We're not doing a show Friday? Yeah, we are, but let's just do it now. Come on. No, I'm not. Well, I need to be better informed to pick the games. You. No, said. we're picking games today, man. That's what, what I told you. I didn't get a memo that we were picking games. Today. I told you pre-show we're picking games today. No, you you were too, you were you were too busy talking about your main man. Would you like to pick on Friday? I would like to pick on Friday. Okay. Okay. We got a lot of NHL games to go over. Friday, That's man. why, because sure. you got see you're trying see you're trying to be like ESPN. You're trying to push hockey all the way to the back burner. Yeah. No, no, I'm trying to push hockey up. That's what I'm talking. Let's bring up the hockey. Bring it. All right. Well, you know, we'll make the picks on Friday. We'll make the picks on Friday, and actually, I have a story about about yeah. the, uh, the coverage re- of hockey. We'll we'll talk about that afterwards. But go ahead. You do your research, man. Oh, I'm doing my research. All right. Well, let's stick with football anyway. Oh well, let's do that then. Terrell Suggs talking oh. this at Roger Goodell, saying Roger Goodell in the NFL is behind the blackout at the Super Bowl. You have a uh, a couple things to say about this, Jim. See, I'd like to know the backstory of Roger Goodell if he has ties to Vegas, because there is something to me. There is something in my mind that's telling me he had money on this game, or he knew people, some close people who had money on this game. I'm all. I'm not one to be against a, a skeptical, you know, whammy kind of an angle. But I also, on the other hand, think Goodell's not smart enough to pull this off. <laughs> so it, it, I I can see it either way. I really can. I'm not trying to be a conspiracy theorist. That's the term I was reaching for. Um, but ultimately, this is Terrell Suggs. Your team won the game. Shut up. Mm. That That's the other aspect of it I see. So You know, it is what it is. You won. Even if you're thinking this, why even say it? So let's say exactly what he said to uh, USA Today's Nate Davis. He said, and I quote, I'm not going to accuse nobody of nothing because I don't know facts, but you are a zillion-dollar company and your lights go out. No, no way. I was like, Vegas, parlor tricks, you know what I mean? I was like, ah, NFL Commissioner Roger Goodell, he never stops. He always has something up his sleeve. He just couldn't let us have this one in a landslide. I thought he had a hand in it. Most definitely he had a hand in it. And but he's not accusing anybody or anything. Exactly. Oh, exactly. of course not. I'm not going to accuse you, but you had a hand in it. You had a hand in it, but I'm not making accusations. I'm just, you know, I want to be fair here. <laughs> Come on, give me a break. And another story, Terrell Suggs says he doesn't like Tom Brady's hair or his smug attitude. Well, that I can agree with, actually. <laughs> John's in a room, man. He's going to be... Uh, dude, dude well, well, maybe not the smug attitude so much, but the hair. Now, I, I, one of the few things I've got going for me physically is my hair, and that's bleeding on me. He is... Well, you got that soul going on. Well, he's whipped by, as you call her, Skeletor, Giselle Bunchin. I think Giselle makes Tom Brady do his hair every different way he possibly can. Well, we, we got the Skeletor twins in Giselle and Taylor Swift, so... Oh my! Oh, now Brett's gonna call him. This is great. Anybody want a rib? Never, ever, ever. <laughs> getting back together. 
347-537-5373. This is the Taylor Swift open line. If you if you're if you're Brett Clinton Daniel and you want to defend your girl who looks like a bad wax figure that got melted on the face, you by all means you're but but really we want you to talk sports with us. If you're a hockey fan, you want to talk a little hockey, uh we're gonna do that in just a moment as well. So three four seven two three seven five three seven three. Yes, we will be getting to that. Let me ask you this, Jim. Yes. Do you enter a contest? Sure. It's the Dallas Cowboys and they're offering you a chance. To be in their war room on draft day. Mm-hmm. Would you do it? If it means I could give Jerry Jones a piece of my mind, absolutely. You know you're not going to be able to, so still, would you do it? No, because it's, it's, it's the Dallas Cowboys. Um, that, that's why. No, I mean, the idea is kind of cool. You know, you can maybe talk to people, see what's going on, get an idea of everything. Granted, you know... Any more of these sorts of things kind of handle themselves. The war room is more of a uh, a facade, shall we say? No. I mean, everything's pretty much predetermined. You already know which way you're going to go with this player, which way you're going to go if it doesn't happen. You have every possible solution mapped out, barring the freak trade of all trades. Yeah. You know. No. Well, it's, it's smoke and mirrors is what I'm trying to say. Cody Rhodes style? Dashing Cody Rhodes, get it right. Well, it's actually a partnership between the Dallas Cowboys and the Texas Lottery. It's a $5 scratch-off ticket that <laughs> offers more than $29 million in prizes, including to- 12 top cash prizes of $100,000, including the addition of an autographed jerseys and season tickets. And the Cowboys are also offering the Wild Weekend Package, where 20 fans will get a suite at the Cowboys' home game, be given a tour of team facilities, transportation to and from the stadium, and a pregame party. Yes, but do you get to play Madden on the big Jumbotron? That's that what fun. I want to know. That would be fun. That would or be Watch an episode of Reading Rainbow. <laughs> but that stuff isn't in HD. It wouldn't look right. It would look great. No, it wouldn't. Yes. No, so, if Levar Burton would be all fat, it would be... Uh... <laughs> Listen, Lavar Burton could be on any size TV and still look great. Ah, that shop. Your bromance with him is really scaring me, man. What bromance? It's a bromance. You know, that's my main man. That's all I'm talking about. LeVar's my main man. Yeah, I know he is. I feel bad for Matt Chubb. I really do. And we said Matt this last Chubb. show, you know, here's a guy who's played his heart out for Houston and its fans, has won a lot down there, and is one of the main reasons why they consistently make it to the playoffs. The last year or two, yeah. Mm-hmm. The last year or two. But, unfortunately, it's not working out that way this year as he's, you know, not playing terribly, but not also playing up to Matt Chubb's standard. But now we have a restaurant going after him. With the Matt Chubb special hamburger, you pick six toppings for your <laughs> burger and pay daily for it. I love this. I'm sorry. It's funny. That's awful, man. No, it's not awful. No. Nobody's getting killed. Nobody's getting plundered over this. This oh. is fun. Don't get me wrong. I want to go down here and have a burger and pick my six toppings. Oh, yeah, of course you will. And you're going to pay dearly for it, as the board says. Uh, a good burger right now go a long way. Yeah, at Skeeter's Grill. Skeeter's Guild, uh, Skeetersgrill.com. So a scooter nearby. Ah, ha, ha, ha. Yeah. Muppet Babies. No? Okay. Funny stuff. Funny. Funny man. Funny stuff. Also, I'm looking at here. This is pretty fun. I'm looking at uh, something on Nesting right now, and they have their tweet of the night, and it's from Eric Stangle at Eric Stangle. Fun fact, the last time the Pittsburgh Pirates played a playoff game, 
the United States had a government. Da. Rimshot. And it was under the tutelage of George Herbert Walker Bush. <laughs> Your favorite man in the whole world. Yeah, the man who vomited all over people in Japan. That's dignitaries. <laughs> Stay classy, H.W. Stay classy. Awful. Let's talk a little National Hockey League now. Jeff. Oh, okay. Let me get my suit on, uh, you know. Get your suit on, Don. Ah, right, here we go. We got uh, uh, the hockey comeback, and of course, you got the great game, the great rivals, Toronto, Montreal. You got to squeak your voice because he's old now. <laughs> Toronto, Montreal, one of the greatest rivalries in all the sport. Okay, but we got to be serious because there's a serious situation. Not a little like Bobby Brady. <laughs> what? <laughs> when it's time to change. <laughs> oh, well, at that time in a man's life, yes. No, but we have to talk about a serious uh, occurrence from uh, the Montreal-Toronto opening night game where <sighs> fighting is going to be controversial again. Let's uh, go ahead and set it up for us. Fighting's it. been controversial, but first, we, you know, before we do that, Toronto Maple Leafs winning their first game of the season 4-3 against the Montreal Canadiens. Montreal getting two goals from Lars Eller, one from Gallagher. Toronto getting goals from Tyler Bozak, Dion Phaneuf, Mason Raymond, and... James Van Riemsdyk, who you wish to hell was back in Philadelphia. You damn right I do. JVR, man. JVR. But we had a fight. And a fight in hockey is like a ham and burger. And it was a good fight. Until George Paros ended up falling face first towards the ice in, in his fight against Colton Orr, slamming his head in the ice and having to be stretchered out. X-rays were negative. CAT scans were negative. But... He's going to be out for a little bit with a concussion. Jim, I know you want fighting gone in hockey. No, no, I never said that. <laughs> you don't like fighting in hockey. No, I never said that either. Go ahead, tell everybody your opinion. Okay, I am split on this. I am split because I see both sides of it. I made the analogy to you pre-show and I'll make it here again. Nobody goes to NASCAR races for the fine racing, for the mechanics. I do. For the, for the left turns and the occasional right on road curse courses, they go to see the big one, the big monster crash. They don't want to see Dale Earnhardt die in the big monster crash, but they want to see the serious crashes. Mm. In Hockey fans don't go, by and large, to see the finesse skating. We, the crisp passing. We. <laughs> They want to see people get checked in the boards, glass break. They want to see fights. The sad reality is this. The law of averages says somebody's going to get seriously hurt one of these fights at some point, sometime. You get two peed-off Canadians or Americans or Eastern Europeans, whatever, and your tempers flare enough. They're going to let the punches go big time, and... You know, the referees will be too late. Somebody will get knocked out and knocked unconscious. Well, we saw that. Um, I'm trying to remember the date now. It was uh, back in 2007 when Colton Orr knocked out uh, your boy Todd Fedorik of the Flyers. Yeah, well, Broke his jaw. Knocked him clean out one shot. You're go what I'm getting at is somebody's going to get killed at some point. Ultimately. I well, mean, you know, but yeah, but you know what that goes to saying? Somebody's going to end up getting killed in football. Somebody's going to end up getting agreed. killed in hockey. Somebody's going to get slammed in the face with a, with, a, with a pitch in baseball and get killed. I mean, right. it can happen in any sport. So. It can happen in any sport. It's just 
hockey more than most other sports, maybe with the exception of baseball, is of the uh, of the ilk that we've always done it this way. Why change things? Yeah, you might need to rethink it. That's all I'm saying. I, I enjoy fighting, well, but many people are coming out and saying that what happened to George Paris last night was his own fault. One of them being Andrew Peters, former uh, enforcer with the Buffalo Sabres, he said it himself on Twitter, said, George Paris thought it was more important to throw that last right hand while Orr was going down instead of trying to break his fall. It was his own fault for that injury. He should have never tried to land that last punch. So George Paris, being George Paris that he is, was trying to land one last hit while Courtnall was already falling to the ice. So and- stupidity on George Paris's behalf. And it wasn't during a fight. He was coming down to the ice. So he bashed his own face after the fight was done. So And in, and in the defense of those who are fans of fighting, and I'm a fan of it, uh, I, I enjoy watching a good hockey, rock'em, sock'em hockey fight. Who doesn't? Who doesn't? Exactly. It's, yeah. it's, it's, it's as American as something that's Canadian. But uh, I just thought about that. <laughs> no, uh, there is an art form to the hockey fight. There is a specific art form where, yes, you're trying to knock somebody out, but you're not trying to beat the living daylights out of them. Exactly, exactly. Unless you hate the guy's guts, we've you know, there's players that hate each other's guts. So yeah, but there's yeah, but there's there's you know, by the same token, testosterone builds up, animosity builds up. You throw all the all the this and the other out the window, and it's Katie bar the door. So there's got to be a fine line somewhere where you can kind of. I don't know. I don't know. It's it, maybe just chalk it up to one of those fluke things. That's the best way I can think of it. Mm. I don't know. It happens. It happens. You know. Uh, I'm. I'm. You know. I, I don't want to see fighting go away, but a lot of other people do. What can you do? So that was it. Toronto Maple Leafs defeating the Montreal Canadiens four to three in one of the opening games from last night. We did have three games, so let's go to a second game. All right. Chicago Blackhawks defeating the Washington Capitals 6-4. Washington getting a hat trick from Mikhail Grabowski, also a goal from Alex Ovechkin. Chicago spreading the puck around big time, getting goals from Bolig, Marion Hosef, Patrick Kane, Johnny Oduya, Saad, and Seabrook. Blackhawks now 1-0 and on this season. There's a lot of high-scoring games last night. Yeah, and the Blackhawks are proving why they are reigning Stanley Cup champions. They're proving their half-season, half-cup, as some people call it. Uh, is is no fluke. I mean, they are they are the real in the words of Cheeky uh, Baby. Absolutely. And the third game last night, the Winnipeg Jets down in the Edmonton Oilers, five to four. Winnipeg getting two goals from Michael Froelich, one from Little, Shafley, Truba, Edmonton getting it from Gazdich, Gordon, Hemsky, and Jonosu. I so want Winnipeg to succeed. You don't know how badly I want Winnipeg to succeed. You and me, you and me both, but. If it comes at the hands of my Rangers, I hope Winnipeg, uh, Winnipeg gets flat. Oh, exactly. I mean, they've got the, uh, I think, second only to your main men, the Islanders at the, the Nassau Coliseum, the lowest uh, attended, the most lowest attended arena. Well, I shouldn't say lowest attended, lowest capacity arena yes. in hockey. Because well, now with the Islanders moving to Brooklyn, it's going to be even worse for them. So. Well, that's true because, well, in the case of Winnipeg, at least, they have an excuse. Their arena was built for an AHL team or a Canadian hockey or an OHL team where you don't need to have certain capacity limits. So. Yeah, and, they, and you know what? Winnipeg's got a good team, so it's just a matter of time that. before they have a bigger arena built. They pack them in, they sell them out every night, and, you know, I'm glad Winnipeg's back in the game. I really am. Absolutely. 
Let's take a look at the three games going on tonight. Toronto Maple Leafs heading into Philly to take on your Philadelphia Flyers, Jim. Keith oh. Mason getting the start over Ray Emery. What do you think about that? I have no opinion because we could have the greatest goaltender in the game right now today. I don't know who that would be, quite frankly. Henrik Lundqvist. Okay, well, so I knew you were going to say that. <laughs> we could have Henrik Lundqvist in goal. There is a curse for goaltenders. You go to Philadelphia to ruin your career. We haven't had a quality goaltender since Ron Hextall. So we're talking 15 years here, folks. And even Hextall, you know, had his moment, shall we say. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Hextall. Hextall. Hexy. Well, and you know what? You come off of, uh, you know, the unfortunate circumstances that happened with Pelly Lindbergh. Well, yeah. And then you go into, you know, Ron Hextall, John Van Beesbrook, and then it's just a a, 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 a revolving door. Antero Nidamaki, uh, Robert Ash. Roman Monic, Brizgalov. There you go, Monic, Robert Ash. Uh, you know. Ray Emery twice now. Yeah. It's. It's a vicious cycle. And, of I mean, course, Sergei Bobrovsky. Bobrovsky! Yeah. Vesna. If that happens, I'm gonna, I wouldn't be surprised, sad to say. I would not be surprised. I don't know. He looked damn good down here in Columbus. I wonder. He does. Uh, he does. You know. You know, I, and the Flyers made some necessary moves. They picked up Vincent LeCavalier in the offseason. I think he adds something to this team, some veteran leadership that this team was desperately lacking. But, but at the expense of what? Yeah, I mean, no more Briere, JVR gone. I don't know. I mean, I, this is a team that can get to the playoffs. They can't go deep in the playoffs as they are right now. I don't see that happening. Well, you still kind of. I mean, I, and, I, and I'm going to go to say this. I, I, I've last year one of the biggest problems of the Philadelphia Flyers was their defense. Oh, absolutely. And I, and I went out to say it. I, I I like Mark Streit, but he is not a first pairing defenseman. And I'll and I'll go high and mighty with that. Instead of getting younger, you bring in guys like Mark Streit, and then you bring in Hal Gill. Let me let me beg a question. How long is the leash right now for Peter Laviolette? Not very long. But at the same time, you give him guys like this. How could it be? Right. You know, it's not like you're going out there. I mean, you know, it, it goes to show that the Flyers bank so much of their defense and so much of their seasons on Chris Pronger that they still haven't been able to recover from him not being there. It's, it's a damn shame. It really is. Because if healthy, Pronger definitely makes a difference on this team. But oh, no question about it. He hasn't been. And he, you know, I, who's to say he still is? Pronger's up there. You know, everybody moves down a notch. And you know what? They move probably to their respectful places on the, uh, you, you know, on the line. So this, this is a team that has to has to score at least four goals a night to even have a chance at winning. Yeah. When you shouldn't have to put yourself in that position. Well, they're going to have to get a lot from Jacob Voracek. They're going to have to get a lot from Wayne Simmons like they did last year. Oh, Sim- got to get a lot from Giroux, more so than what you got last season. Yeah, and uh, Scott Hartnell needs to he needs to break up with my girl Sheena. Well, maybe he'll uh, keep chewing that big league chew and do something for you guys. Yeah, I'll, I've got a seven-day forecast for Sheena Parveen, if you know what I mean. What about Gagne going? Is that is that going to hurt? It's going to a little bit. No. I think Le Cavalier may be kind of like a, a lateral move at best, uh, comparing the two, per se. Yeah. Um, I don't know. I really don't know. 
This is a team that can get to the playoffs. I don't think they're going to miss it two years in a row. That would be unheard of in this town. Mm-hmm. But that being said, the Metropolitan Division as a whole, with maybe the exception of, I guess, Carolina and to a lesser extent Columbus, although Columbus doesn't look too bad. You know, neither does Carolina. You know, now it's a full season. So. And I was watching NHL Network. Yeah, that network's actually on the air now. Isn't that adorable? Um, I was watching your main man, Mr. Mullet. Mr. Mullet himself. Uh, no, no. Yeah. No, not my man. Barry Melrose is your main man. I hate the guy. I hate him and Brian. Okay. All right, well, can you tell the difference between the two? No, you can't. They're, they're twin brothers. That's why I mentioned them both. And, and i got to say, Engblom really has a bad toupee. He really does. Um, it's it's a bad mop head, I think it is. But they were saying, and I tend to agree, every team in this division legitimately has a chance to make the playoffs. Every team cannot make this make the playoffs, of course. No, but it, it's going to be probably the most competitive division in hockey. Well, you know what? You look at it; it's got to come down to the Rangers, the Flyers, the Penguins, the Islanders. I mean, they've played good hockey the last couple of seasons; they're only getting better. The Islanders are on the bump. Oh yeah, they're on the bump yeah. to get in. And Columbus, I, I I don't think highly of the Devils. I don't think that much right. highly of the Hurricanes. And the Capitals are just, you know, they're it's only better than everybody else. Yeah, exactly. So um, it's you know it comes down between those five teams. Mm-hmm. You know, and so basically it's just like the division of last year. So pretty much. Only but now remember, you got Detroit over here now in the Eastern Conference in the Atlantic. So that. Uh, you know, mm-hmm. going to be playing them a little bit, so that's going to take some games away, probably. So mm-hmm. it's tough, but your Flyers, uh, I think uh, they got a window of about a year or two before uh, before we just reinvent the wheel again. Exactly. Which uh, you, you've done that quite some times already, huh? Nice talking to you, Ragus. Um, yes. Well, let's get to the other games tonight. Buffalo Sabers taking on the Detroit Red Wings in Detroit, and the Anaheim Ducks taking on the Colorado Avalanche. In Colorado, three more games tonight. Eight games Thursday, and that's when uh, a lot of the other teams are going to play, including my New York Rangers. Looking forward to that. Now, speaking of hockey, if I may bring this up, please. Uh, you and I are fans of Fox Sports One's Fox Sports Live. We, at least, I prefer it to Sports Center these days. I I, I prefer um, looking at a wall than watching Sports Center. That's Can I get a booyah? Holla at your boy. But. Uh, <laughs> Yeah, and we, of course, love it for one reason, Carissa Thompson. No, actually, a couple of reasons. Jay and Dan, the uh, Carissa the Thompson actor. being number one. Oh, she's she's my number one. Are you kidding me? <laughs> Her and Aaron Andrews making a sandwich. Well, one of the things that has been the biggest complaint about SportsCenter in recent years since they lost the rights to the NHL is how little they show when it comes to hockey. So we actually have a head-to-head comparison for you. Now, SportsCenter last night, Tuesday night, in the 1 a.m. hour, dedicated 3 minutes and 45 seconds of a 6, or rather a 60-minute broadcast, uh, give or take commercials, to NHL talk or highlights. More than ESPN has done in, in a few years. This is true. How many, how many minutes do you think Fox Sports Live dedicated to hockey in their one hour from 1 to 2 a.m., their, their main hour, as it were, last uh, night? More or less. I would, I would hope to say more. Would you Would you peg a number on it? I dare ask. Uh, I'm I'm going to say about six minutes. Try eight minutes and eight seconds. There you go. About and they actually minutes. led with a hockey tease. They had after talking a little baseball, obviously Reds Pirates. 
they teased hockey. And that's how they're going to get viewers, man. I, I truly believe that. I mean, I understand. Hockey, by comparison to basketball, baseball, football, is a niche sport to America. I yeah. understand that. But in the, doldrum, in the doldrum months of January and February and March, when you can only talk about the NFL so much, you, you're going to have to talk basketball. You're going to have to talk hockey. And hockey's an exciting sport. Show it some love up in here. And plus you got two Canadians who know hockey, as opposed to... Uh, in ESPN, who do they have that, that can talk hockey? They've got Steve Levy, who's great. Don't get me wrong. Linda Cohn, who I know you have a thing for. Hey, Linda Cohn's the best. And even though she's old enough to be your grandmother, that's true. Hey, she's not. And she is. And <laughs> I'm going to hell. And uh, and John Bouchergras, who you know, he's John Bouchergras. So I, I just think that's interesting that uh, you know Fox Sports is trying to. And, of course, because most of the games are on the Fox Sports Net uh, affiliates, it makes perfect sense to show hockey. Yeah. So it's it's uh, it's interesting. Last year, Deadspin did a study, and 2.7% of its airtime for the entire year, SportsCenter's airtime, was dedicated to hockey. That placed it behind golf and ever so barely ahead of NASCAR. Craziness. It's uh, – I just thought that was interesting, Potter, since we were talking hockey. It's insane, I tell you. But you know what else is insane? Your boy. Now, I know you're big on Jay-Z. He's your main man. No, he's really not. Yeah, he is. No, he's really He's not. got your girl, Beyonce. Not my girl. Okay, well, more for me then. So, you know... Your dreams. Uh, well, you know it, and we don't want to talk about those because this is a family freaking show. But Jay-Z, of course, now is a sports agent. He's a media mogul. da 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 Whatever. And... The various things that happen in your life, I've always been a big believer, the various things that happen in your life lead up to where you are now. Makes sense. Well, in talking to Vanity Fair in a recent interview, Jay-Z decides to uh, lay his cards out on the table. Uh, talking about what has come in handy for his new role as a sports agent, he says, and I quote, I know about budgets. I was a drug dealer. To be in a drug deal, you need to know what you can spend, what you need to re-up. Or if you want to start some sort of barbershop or car wash, those were the businesses back then, things you can get in easily to get out of that life. At some yeah. point, you have to have an exit strategy because your window is very small, you're going to get locked up, or you're going to die. End quote. So uh, I guess he's telling us, uh, telling you kids out there, and for you kids listening in, pay attention to Mr. Z. Because he's telling you, you want to make it big, you got to deal some drugs, then you could be a sports agent. Uh, good role model. Oh, my God. When you read this, when you hear this, what, what comes to your mind, John? You know, I know he's a drug dealer, but do you really got to come out saying that stuff? I, I, you know, honestly, I think a lot of people talk before they think. And this is one of those situations where somebody spoke before they were thinking and you know, you go out, you do good with what you're doing now. But, you know, there's a lot of people that are looking up to you, man, especially these kids, man. And I don't think they need to hear that because now you're saying, well, you know, I was a drug dealer. And now here I am, multi-million dollar sports agent. And dealing drugs helped me become a sports agent. So, I don't know. I think it's a slap in the face to sports agents as well. You know, I guess because their years of schooling and going to law school and stuff really didn't help. I guess, yeah. because, you know, uh, being a drug dealer uh, really would help you more. And becoming a sports agent, so. My, 
my brain hurts. Okay, my my freaking brain hurts just just you know reading this. I mean, you're supposed to set an example, and he's not. No, he's not. I mean, you could you know you could see it just by what he said, and I quote. I know about budgets. I was a drug dealer. To be in a drug deal, you need to know what you could spend, what you need to re-up, or if you want to start some sort of barbershop or car wash. I mean, you know, you, you said it yourself. It's just, it, it, unbelievable. You know, it, honestly, there's really no remorse in what he was speaking about. He, you know, he, he should have said, listen, I, I went away. You shouldn't have went, but I learned certain things that are helping me today, but I'd rather you go to school and do it, you know? Maybe maybe that 300-some-odd million he's looking for his boy Kano to get – Maybe that's to you know he needs a little extra more off the top because of uh, you know paying off some dealings. That's all I'm saying. Yeah, I don't just know. A, just a thought. And then you got uh, huh. oh, but because he's famous, that's why he has, that's why he has Victor Cruz, and that's why he has Geno Smith and Cano and Kevin Durant, Skyler Diggins of the Tulsa Shock. What? Yeah, WNBA. Well, uh, all right, Skyler Diggins. Your main girl. It's a shame, but you know it is what it is. We've uh, we've heard crap like this before. Yeah, and we'll hear more coming out of his mouth, and also we'll hear more when his next record or album drops. Absolutely. Song MP3. Nobody uses. That's a pet peeve of mine. Album drops. It doesn't drop. First of all, it's not an album anymore. No. It's not a record. It's an MP3. Okay, moving on. I'm sorry. I apologize. No, I that. But that's for another show. <laughs> yes, it is. That's for that's for main man radio coming up uh, with my main man. Yeah, we got two trades in the NFL to talk about real quick. All right, go ahead. Uh, Jacksonville Jaguars have agreed in principle to trade offensive tackle Eugene Monroe to the Baltimore Ravens, so that helps Baltimore's offensive line. They actually upgrade Jaguars downgrade as usual. <laughs> the Jaguars now have an even more holy. Yeah. Offensive line. <laughs> well, they got Luke Jokel, so he'll step into that spot. Oh, I'm sure he'll do wonderful. Uh, Probably better than most players on that team. That's debatable. All right. Arizona Cardinals have agreed to a trade. Left tackle Levi Brown to the Pittsburgh Steelers. I feel bad for Levi Brown. That's all I got to say. Is he, like, the youngest person on that team now by default? Considering he's pretty old himself? Uh, probably. Yes. <laughs> it's just. Oh, he's man. 29, so he's probably uh, yeah. He's he's <laughs> in football years. He's up there with them. So it's uh, mind numbing. Oh, by the way, happy birthday to Chuck Pagano. Chuck Strong's birthday today. Very nice. Today. Very nice. Hey, God bless him. Yeah, absolutely. He's been through enough. He's been through hell, and now he's in heaven with the Colts. You got you got to get to hell to get to heaven. You know what I mean? That's true. That's what they say, at least. And then you've got Bill Ford of the Detroit Lions. Here's the vice chairman of the Lions. He's pretty much pulling a Frank Rizzo here. For the reference for those of you, Frank Rizzo was the longtime, multiple-time mayor in Philadelphia who shot from the hip. He often called people crumb bums. You're a crumb bum. You're a lush crumb bum creep. Well, he decided to say I have a few choice words for the Chicago Bears. Now, allegedly, this is jokingly, but on Tuesday during the Lions Courage House dinner, a uh, a function of sorts, he referred to the Bears as quote a bunch of thugs. It was really alive. It was alive when we played those same bunch of thugs on Monday night a couple of years ago. When the place gets going, it's electric, and we do have wonderful fans. Our fans are amazing. We would love to pay them back and bring home a winner. 
And I love the way this team is playing right now, end quote. Uh, well, he said it jokingly, supposedly. But, but you know, people pick it up on this because you never know. Remember, the best comedy has a little hint of truth in it. Well, true. Very true. Yeah, so. It's amazing, man. You know, you can just say one little thing, gets picked up, thrown out there. Yet I say nothing and nobody it. There you go. Because I'm a nobody. I'm not, I'm just Jameson Williams. That's all I am. Jameson Williams. And I'm not even, you know, people think I'm a whiskey. Nope, I'm a Williams. I like that. Um, Got to throw this out there real quick. I found yeah. this kind of funny. Magic Johnson. Oh, the magic hour. The magic hour is back. He promises to wear a blue Speedo if the Dodgers win the World Series. Yeah. Would you would you rather Vin Scully be the person doing this? I'd rather neither of them do it, to be Thanks honest. Thanks very much. And here's Magic Johnson in a Speedo, brought to you by Farmer John Sausages. Uh, also, Magic, I mean, you you, you and your, your uh, consortium have spent billions of dollars on this franchise, and this is how you want to reward the fans? By you wearing a Speedo. Really? Yeah, he wants to wear a Speedo, man. He I really does. He just wants to do it to flex nuts. That's what that comes down to to me. Yeah. Also, we got a little over two minutes left in anything. Got to throw this out there. On Sunday, a statue was unveiled of Wayne Gretzky in his hometown. Okay. By Tuesday morning, city workers were out there scrubbing paint off of it. It was vandalized. In his own hometown. Wow. Yeah. That's just... why? I, I have no words. I, you know, it wasn't a political statue. It was Wayne Gretzky in his own hometown. Maybe because he hasn't come back from whence he came for a while. Maybe for a good reason, obviously. I... I don't know why, but it was vandalized. as a damn shame, so. That's uh, horrible. Ain't the same, man. You would have put a Wayne Gretzky statue right in front of MSG in the middle of Manhattan and it wouldn't have been vandalized, but. It's true. Very you know, true. At, the Greece, at the Gretzky Sports Center is where it was, right in front. Crazy. Damn, damn crazy. All right, Jim. I think I think we've uh, we've vandalized uh, people's ears for enough time today. Yeah, just for today, but we will be back Friday. And we will do picks then, gosh darn it. Although we do have to pick, well, we already picked the Thursday night. Or both we did Cleveland. pick the Thursday night. But well, we picked the, see, I want to do research. I always, see, I have to get into the right mode, you see. Well, you, you have a couple of days to get into the right mode. We will make our week I by want, Sunday. I don't we'll want to go there. after a 10 and 5 week and go like 5 and 10. Because, ooh, we're going to make picks midweek when we don't know all the injuries. Ooh. Well, let me ask you this. Yeah. After your research, if you still go that record... Oh, you're still going to stop doing research? <laughs> oh, I do research. Oh, it's true. I hit the books. Yeah. I call the bookies. You go to the library and get the microfilm out? Hey, don't hate on the microfiche. For all of those listening, 25 and under, microfilm was this thing at the library. You put in this machine to look at old newspaper clippings. Yeah, it's, well, it's... I remember that. Sure. I, I only used it at Rowan University, but yes, microfiche, yes. There you go. Good stuff. Lion Barry. Yeah. <laughs> I'll, pay right, well... I'll pay I'll that's it for Wednesday's show. We want to thank our listeners for tuning in, and we want to thank the sports world for giving us things to talk about. Yes, because without you, we would just be talking about reading Rainbow, and nobody wants to hear that. I did. But that's enough for them. All right. Anyway, we'll be back Friday, 12 p.m. Eastern. Tomorrow night at 8 p.m., a recorded version 
of New England Sports Radio 2 with John Leary and Scott Blooney. They're too good to be live. Because they are too good to be live, those wicked pisses. Yeah, because they they screwed up too many times. No. But they're busy tomorrow night, but they were kind enough to do it. So, for Jim Williams, I'm Jonathan Raggis. We'll see you all Friday. See ya.